0: Amen. Glory be to God for the wonderful song. That's why uh, when Pastor Abel sings a song and then you're preaching, you get more nervous. (laughs) Because you get more nervous because you cannot sing anymore after he sings. (laughs) Well, uh, it's all about the message, isn't it, of the song? And thank God for the life of Pastor Abel. I'm not uh, bragging about him because he's my blood brother, or my brother in Christ, but thank God for God's people who use their life, their talent, their ability to give glory and honor to God. By the way of the cross, we have come here by the way of the cross, and uh, there's a lot of truth in that song, a lot of uh, wonderful doctrines and spiritual truths that we can find in that song. I feel like even just giving the uh, invitation now, and we can talk about that song, isn't it? And uh, thank God for our book study in the book of Romans, chapter uh, 5 right now, verse 1 and 2. And just to give you something, this is an extra while uh, Pastor Abel was singing. Remember last Sunday I preached about justification. And actually we are in that series, the benefits of justification. Thank God our benefactor benefits us as beneficiary of his benevolent blessing toward all of us. And that one of that is justification, legally declared righteous before God. Not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ imposed upon us, imputed upon us. That's why we can stand before God, and we can be accepted by him because of the righteousness of Christ. So this is just an extra while Pastor Ebel was singing. Apostle Paul, in our uh, study in the book of Romans, said that we are justified, justified, declared righteous, in God, in three ways, in uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 24, it says there, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we are justified by the grace of God. Then in verse 28, Romans 3, 20, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Amen? Justified by the grace of God, we are justified by faith. And then Romans five nine, Romans five nine, it says there, much more than being now being being now justified by whose blood? Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross. We are justified by the blood, by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him. And folks, brethren in the Lord, this is the gospel that this church has been preaching for more than thirty five years. That Pastor Max has been preaching since he started this church in the burden of God placed upon his heart. That the gospel that we can find in First Corinthians chapter 15. If somebody asks you what is the gospel of the grace of God? What is the gospel of the New Testament church? What is the gospel that we are preaching? Amen? So you should have a clear definition of what the gospel is about. We know simple definition is the good news. Good news of what? The good news that Christ died for our sins. He shed his blood on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again. So that should be our biblical answer. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 3. Moreover, brethren, Apostle Paul declared, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Amen? By God's grace, we will continue to stand in this gospel here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. Amen? By which also ye are saved. Ye are saved, we are justified freely by His grace. We are justified, saved by His blood, by His grace. By which also ye are saved, If ye keep in memory what I preach unto you unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Amen? The Bible way, the biblical way. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Isn't it you remember right now, uh, Apostle Paul had also preached in the book of Corinthians that the f- preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that believe not. Uh, you know, uh, your, your faith, your religion is a bloody religion because you preach about the cross. You preach about the shed blood of Jesus, but without the blood atonement, amen? That sacred blood of the Son of God being poured out for the sins of the whole world. We will not be here today. We will never be saved. The the sacrifices that the Jewish people had done through the years will mean nothing if Christ did not come into this world, amen? To fulfill all the law. To be that ultimate perfect sacrifice to take the sins of the world once and for all. And because of that blood atonement we are saved forevermore what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus there is power 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 in the blood of jesus you want to scare the demons of your life the devil himself talk speak about the blood of jesus look at the bible scriptures about his blood because that blood i never tried. Amen? In the foot of Golgotha in Calvary, we, we study in the book of Hebrews, is ever, forever in the throne room of God. There is that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunged beneath the flood shall lose all their stain. Thank God that we are declared righteous by the blood, by faith, by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's all stand, please. Let's read Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 and 2, we'll continue our study about the benefits of justification. And uh, I praise God for the preaching last Sunday. Actually, I'm going to piggyback a little bit about it after we read this passage of scripture. And uh, our speaker last Wednesday said, Wish we could rewind that preaching. And you know what? You can really rewind it and re listen to it because we have the platform in our YouTube page in Bergen Bible Baptist Church, if we miss that preaching. And that's what we've been preaching about here in this pulpit. What your Bible study leaders teachers are rehearsing every now and then. Faithfulness to God. Service to God. Isn't it? Presenting our home to God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Prioritizing the Lord. Having Him a preeminence in our lives. Because you know what? You'll never go wrong when you put God first in your life. Everything else will follow. It will not be always beds of roses, amen? Always not be smooth sailing. There will be storms around, amen? But with God in your side, with God in your life, blessing you because of your obedience, you know, life is worthwhile living. So let's uh, read that passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, then we'll have a word of prayer. If you're there, say a hearty amen. amen. Let's read it all together now. Therefore, being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Let's look to him in prayer. Father God in heaven, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for being such a faithful God, merciful and gracious. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We are just dust. We are just warm in thy sight, as the psalmist said. But we thank you, Lord, that even though we're sinners, because of the righteousness of Christ, because of his marvelous grace, we are now forgiven sinners, justified. We can stand before you legally. If you take our lives right now by way of death, or if you raptured us right now by the promises of God in this wonderful book, we can stand in the presence of God, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you today, to sing praises to you. Lord, you know our lives, you know our hearts. That's why we come to you collectively as a local body of Christ in this place, asking for your forgiveness, Lord, cleansing. As we always pray, Lord, before the beginning of this service, as we have that reflection meditation, a a small quiet time, we'd like, Lord, to just have total obedience of our lives, Lord, and prostrately humble ourselves before you, knowing that you are a just, holy, and righteous God, Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we are nothing, Lord, without you. We cannot boast of anything. We don't have anything that we can really offer to you, Lord, except, Lord, what you've done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. So forgive us, Lord, cleanse us, open the doors of our hearts and our minds to understand thy words of truth, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I'm so limited and frail. Help me, Lord, to uh, convey your message to your people today. I pray if there's a person here who's not truly, Lord, certain of their eternal destiny, who've never been born again to God's family, may this day be the day of their salvation. And if I'm talking through your word, through some of our. Christian brethren here believers who are struggling with something lord i pray that they will dedicate themselves to you make a decision in their life to serve you and follow you and we pray lord that you keep us safe thank you lord for the joy of the lord as our strength thank you lord for just be able to rise up today in this cold autumn day but we thank you lord for the beautiful sunshine and the warmth and the fellowship among the brethren here we ask you now to bless our time together As we ponder upon your word, in Christ's most precious and holy name, we do pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. All right. Let me test your memory. Because every now and then I have to test my dull memory. As they said, when you get older, you forget things. So one of the best ways to learn and continue learning and studying is the way of repetition. Isn't it? Repetition. So, Brother AJ preached... uh, A wonderful message, isn't it? And 2 Timothy 3.16, if memory serves me right, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And at Faith Bible Institute students, we debated with that thoroughly, isn't it? In one of the memory verse. I was like sharing that to the Modern day second generation faith Bible Institute students. So we said we still got it right, isn't it? That little one word will not change the whole passage of scripture. But um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And he talked about don't try this at home. Okay. When I, he had given me uh, that title, you know, um, when when we have speakers here in the pulpit, you know, uh, we try our best to pray for them, encourage them. Every now and then I give them some hints. Uh, through the Lord's, you know, leading of what to preach, but I don't dictate them the passive scripture they have to preach. Uh, So so that's why it's good sometimes when they go to the church and preach on a Wednesday, invite them in your home Bible study to preach, because as a preacher, you'll sense what the need is. The Holy Spirit will give you that illumination, like what do the people of God in this particular place, and, and tell you they're just guests, they're just friends, amen? They are preachers, evangelists, missionaries coming by, but... We are so blessed here in our church because as you know, as pastors here, we don't want to just covet this pulpit by ourselves. And Pastor Max had trained our deacons and men of this church to teach, amen? Because if you've been a Christian for 10, 15 years, the Bible says, Apostle Paul said, you're able, supposedly, to be able to be apt to teach, isn't it? And not just getting like milk and milk and milk. You should be diving into the meat of the word deeper. And the more you... You, you you know, experience God. The more you read His Word, the more you hear His Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's Word, the more you would like to share it because you cannot keep it to yourselves, isn't it? And we're all teachers here in some way, isn't it? We teach our kids. We teach by example. We don't just say, do what I say and don't do what I do, isn't it? But do what I say and also do what I do. Be an example. Be a Be a good pattern. So, in all saying, he said, "Don't try this at home. No partner, no principal, no prayer, no place of worship. All peace. No pastor, isn't it?" And it hit me, some of those points, some of those truths, because once again, God's word is a two-sharp-edged sword. Hebrews 4:12. God's word is supposed to, you know, not tickle our ears, but you know, warm our heart. And every now and then, it might job you because it's the truth. Amen. That's why you have to pray, Lord, what you would have me to do. Lord, what you have me to hear right now. And be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only, isn't it? Look how many times you go to church in a year. It's already November, Thanksgiving month, actually music month in our church. So how many of those that you heard and you understand have you done? Have you applied? Isn't it? That's a question for all of us. And I'm preaching also to myself. And he said, One of those things that he mentioned is a place of worship. You know, I still believe with all my heart through the Bible teaching and God's Word that the church of the living God, the church here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church is God's institution to design your life and your family to serve Him. We don't serve through a social club. We don't serve through a charity institution. It's the church of the living God that Jesus Christ died for. Is the vehicle where you can serve God and exercise your spiritual gifts, be a a blessing to the household of faith, to support missionaries all over the world. It's the church, all right? It's not the church of uh, Scientology there in New York, or JW Kingdom, or or some uh, non-profit organization, yeah? If you have the means to help them, amen? Samaritan person, but it's the church of the living God, local church that you are a member of you belong to. So if you don't have a local church, amen, Bergen Bible Baptist Church is always there to welcome you. Amen. Remember, let, can, we can serve God together because we're better together. And our goal is to love God and love one another so that the, the world will truly know that we are Jesus' disciple, amen, if we love one another and show love to the world. So we said a place of worship. Look at Hebrews 10:25. Let's go. I think it's in slide 17. Uh, we'll start there first, slide 17. We know Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching Hebrews. That's why I love Hebrews. It's a biblical way to force your husbands to brew the coffee, because Hebrews in the morning, isn't it? And guys, we make better coffee than our wives, isn't it? Because we do it with barajo, All right? Or you want to do the, the longer way, the longer route. And I enjoyed some coffee when I, I went to one of our deacon's house. All right? It's really strong and good. And they say coffee makes you live longer, make you smarter a little bit. All right? But it says there, you know the context of the book of Hebrews? We don't really know who wrote it. But personally, I believe it's Apostle Paul. You know, they said somebody is Apollos or Luke or... Um, Barnabas, you know, and as we studied in our men's fellowship in our Sunday school, the the time frame here is around like in the mid-60s, AD 60, and it was written to uh, Jewish Christians who were persecuted, isn't it, for their faith. And also during that time that the Romans had sanctioned, you know, uh, Judaism as an official religion. So those Jews who got saved under You know, the preaching of the disciples are being told to go back to Judaism by some false teachers, isn't it? That's why the main theme of the book of Hebrews is is the word better. Christ is better than the Old Testament sacrifices. Christ is better than the high priest. Christ is better than, you know, uh, things that the Old Testament had portrayed. The priesthood and everything. And because of that persecution, some of them are forsaking the assemblings of themselves together. As, so there are also church keeper. absentee during that time, isn't it? But look at those verbs. Not forsaking, assembling, exhorting, because we're here to exhort, edify one another, isn't it? And approaching. We do this, we do this while we still have time. We, while we're still here in the church age, grace period, because there will come a time, there will be no more church. No more time to hear God's word. No more time to serve God through the ministries of this church. So while we have time, the Bible says, occupy till I come. We have the song, work till the night is coming. And we know the world is getting darker and darker. And thanks be to God, we still have the civil liberties and freedom to carry our Bible, go to church, or give out gospel track, or witness to our co-workers, even though sometimes there's limitation. Let's take that as an advantage while we can still do it. There will come a time. It's going to be darker. There will be be more restriction. We have a cancel culture around, isn't it? We have a woke society around that, that want to do away Christianity. Would like to rewrite the history of this country. Oh, ma-censor nila rito sa ano? Pero lang, it's God's word, amen. You know, thank God. What's sabi A place of worship. So let me give you some slides that we saw in our FB about going to church. Why it's imp- important. Alright? Next one, brother. This should put a smile in your face. Missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, the meaner you get. <laughs> I say, that's not happening to BBBC 2023 because they love to come here to church. Amen? Yeah. Amen, kids? Amen, young people? You don't have a drug problem, isn't it? You're drug to church? Ah! You know, Going to church should be our delight. It's not just our duty. The first day of the week, isn't it? The Bible says, Apostle Paul had written, bring your gifts to God. Tithes and offering, first day of the week. It's a Sunday. What is the principle here? No, we need to put God first in everything. That's why when we wake up, we always say this we have to pray first, give thanks to God for another day of life. We give our tithes, the first 10% of our first fruits, of our paycheck, by gross way. Amen? not gross like the other way, all right? By gross, because you want to be blessed by God, by gross too. Which which that so sparingly shall reap sparingly, but which that so bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's what abounding means, amen? Because we cannot, you know, outgive God. But haven't you noticed, the more you miss church, the more you miss fellowship, the meaner you get, the lonelier you get, the more anxious you get. But look at those people You know, they're not perfect, but they love to be around God's people. They pray, they share testimony. Their outlook in life is better, isn't it? Because it's true. Even secular studies, the people who go to church are better off than the people who just, you know, stayed at home. Have a pity party. Pity party. Pity party with themselves. All right, see? Okay, I'll put a smile on your face. Next one. Alright, I love this. I think this was written by uh, an American Christian. He said, bring them to church. Kids, elderly people, amen? Adults, we have cars that can bring us to church. We have two legs that can bring us to church, amen? We are about, we are able to be about. Malakas po tayo, di Meron po tayong opportunity na magsimba, mag sa Panginoon. excuse natin, di ba? Why? Saturate their lives with the Word of God. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Later on, we'll look at that verse of Scripture. Even if they lay on the floor, even if they need, <laughs> I love this, 437 goldfish and a sucker to keep them quiet. All right, talking about the little kids in the nursery, isn't it? By the way, nursery workers, we have the church bought snacks for your children. Amen? Something to pacify them. Something, we're not luring them to church, you know? Because we want to be blessing to them physically. Amen? Then spiritual, because they picture the kingdom of God. These are our next generation. Even if you stand in the back, swaying back and forth, holding them. Even when it's hard. Even when your role looks like a small hurricane just came through. (laughs) Let's go to church, guys. Let's hop into the minivan. Oh, I didn't my hair, do my makeup. And uh, the family just, you know, typical, no? Can you imagine in American church or probably here in our church? Looks like a hurricane passed through or tornado. But at least you're still in church. But right now I'm looking, oh, everybody looks good, smells good. Everybody is appropriately dressed. Because you know what? You love God. You'd like to honor Him. You want to give Him your best. It's not just the heart, isn't it? But also the outward matters to God. Amen? Because it can be both ways. Amen? We know God looks at the heart, but also people look outside. Amen? So we thank God we can be in our best when it comes to Sunday. That's what matters, isn't it? Bring them to church. Let them see you worship. Let them see you pray. Next slide. Let them see you running toward the Savior. Because if they don't see and learn these things from you, who are they going to learn them from? True, isn't it? Good quotes. Next slide. Look, the world will teach them, our kids, our young people, all of us, it's not a priority to go to church. Not a priority to go on a place of worship. Oh my, COVID be done. Maraming tao, walang masyadong bintana, hindi nagkukontinue. Punta ka sa Walmart, punta ka sa concert, amen? Nandun naman yung mga tao, hindi naman natatakot sa COVID, di ba? We're past that, isn't it? Thank God, we can gather. The world will teach them it's okay to lay out, not to pick up their Bibles. The world will direct them so far, of course, confuse them. This is the sad part, a tragedy. And misinform them that being good is enough. Yeah, you're a nice guy, you're a nice Christian, you're a nice coworker. you're a nice friend. But if you're not faithful to church, amen, if you're not serving God in the church, what being nice will do to them, isn't it? The world won't teach them about Jesus, that's our job, so bring them to church. I'm not saying when you bring them to church, they will like, going to be a saint, amen? But at least we're helping each other, because we're a community here. You know, to point our kids to the truth, to the right way. So, bring them to church. That's why don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen? It's not just a duty. It's supposed to be a delight. And it's a decision to go here. Because you want to worship the one who died for you. And sustains you everything. Has given you everything you have. It's God. He deserves honor, worthy, and praise. Next slide. See? See? This book of the law, in Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate them night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. You want to be blessed, our children, us personally? And then thou shalt have good success. You don't come here just to be blessed, amen? To have prosperous, good success, answer prayer. But you know what? We came here in the first place to bless the blesser. Because God knows what we need already. But if we honor Him first, we bless Him and worship Him, ah, sasabihin niya, tignan mo naman tong anak ko, mahal na mahal niya ako. He wants to honor me, He loves me, ah, I know what He needs. I'll give what He needs, I'll sustain Him by my grace, isn't it? What a great Heavenly Father we had. Next slide. Alright. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them. That's why we bring them to church diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. You know, it's a good conversation in your car or in your home after a church service. You'll review what your Sunday school teacher had said. You know, kids, what was the sermon about today? You know, Pastor Abel preached a a really good sermon. It's not just a sermon, but it's from the Bible. Oh, uh, Deacon Bobby or Deacon Glenn, Deacon... Robert, Deacon, Henry preached a a wonderful message last Wednesday. Oh, we we heard a wonderful study during our Friday home Bible study. Isn't it? Oh, we heard a a nice message during our missions conference. What does this mean? Can we internalize this? Can we talk about it? Isn't it? That's good. To remind ourselves what we've heard, what we've learned. Because repetition is a good way, method of learning. All right, next slide. You see, when church becomes optional to us as parents it will become unnecessary to our children. Remember the, the main theme that Brother RJ Briones has been preaching? Brother AJ, the next generation. Thank God we have like some, I'm not lifting up your chairs or bragging about you. We have some members here in our who've been growing, maturing in their faith. You see them here every Sunday. You see them serving. You see them signing up their names, amen? In the commitment form as church officers, amen? Thank God. Sana all you know? But thank God we have people like that, we have brethren who had, but we know our concern is the next generation because the world, the devil and the flesh is out there to get them make them useless, make them like stagnant, make them just like oh yeah, going to church serving God is not really a priority what I want to do is uh, I want to be entertained uh, I want uh, something about my future, about my career, those are, those are not you know Initially wrong. Yeah, they could plan for the future, but at the same time, you can also serve God. You don't have to forget God, neglect God and His church, isn't it? You can do two things at the same time, and the more you will be blessed. But as, uh, as we are saying, the warfare, the battleground right now, is in the minds, the hearts of every people, especially the next generation. Because if it becomes unnecessary to our children, you know, some parents need to get excited about church as they do sports or as they do about concerts, or as they do about uh, a series about It Bulaga. Isn't it? Mm. Next one. See, this is happening in America and other nations, which is a sad statement and truth. Parents don't make church a high priority for their kids. What will happen? Four-generation faith. Kids will grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids. Then those kids that grow up and make it no priority for their kids, it gets worse and worse, isn't it? And those kids grow up with no concept of God. Bakit Ganito America ngayon. Bakit maraming problema. Kasi the last generation failed. I don't have to repeat myself. Statistically speaking, AIG, one of the greatest and biggest apologetic ministry here, they devote themselves in putting up, you know, this is the curriculum actually we're using here in Answering Genesis among our Sunday school kids. They put up a study about that. We're losing the next generation. And priorities today impact generations, isn't it? I don't have to elaborate that. You know that's happening. And it's only by God's grace. Amen? We can preserve the next generation. If God is not true yet with us, and He's not, there's still hope. Amen? And that's our message actually today. Next one, please. So if you go to church looking to become offended, you'll succeed. If you go to church looking for places where people fall short, you'll find them. Hmm. I remember Pastor Max teach this, instructed about it. Negative, positive, you'll find it in the church. If you go to church looking for imperfection, you'll see it. Hmm. Imperfection. I'm number one, all right? But if you go to church looking for an opportunity to worship alongside broken people, just like me, you'll find it. If you go to church looking for a place to serve, you'll find one because it's in the Bible. We are saved to serve. God has given you a spiritual gift. God has given you your very life to serve Him. Because there is joy in serving Jesus. There is blessings in serving Jesus. There is rewards in serving Jesus. It might be tough sometimes. You might have to have some sacrifices. But you know what? It's worth it. Because you know what? The Lord served you at the first place. He came and died on the cross. So you won't go to hell. So you have a place in heaven. Jesus is the greatest servant of all. Isn't it? He was the disciples' feet. He has given an example. So who are us are saying, I cannot serve God. I cannot serve one another. I cannot love that person. I cannot love one another. Because God is, through Jesus Christ, is our greatest example. You see, if you go to church to love people like Jesus, then you can. Ten out of ten times, you'll find what you're looking for. That's why just look for Jesus in the church. Hebrews 12 uh, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If you look at me, you might be offended. I heard this from the young pro. Pastor Sam, sometimes you're too blunt. I heard it, this for someone. Pastor Sam, you're too soft. You know? Ano gagawin ko? Alright? But I'm imperfect. I falter. I fail. I have frailties. But that's why we have to look unto Jesus. Your deacons are not perfect. Your Sunday school teacher is not perfect. Your brother sister in the Lord, they falter and fail because we're still in the human flesh. Amen? We still have the old nature. But when we look to Jesus, He's perfect. He's just. He's faithful. We can go on. We can move forward. We can still do the Christian life by His grace because we are looking to the one who died for you, who resurrected for you, who ascended up to you, and who's soon going to call you home. Amen? By way of death or the rapture. So, Look for Jesus. Next one. Church is Music Month, as I said, isn't it? Thank God for a music committee here, doing a great job. That's why I love our choir, uh, Christmas Cantata. Mm, what's the title again? The Gift of Heaven. Uh, I heard it was sung 13 years ago, and whenever I hear the number 13, it always reminds me of Pastor Max because he loves that number. But also Friday the, 13th, Friday the 13th, things also are happening, isn't it? 13, interesting number. I love numbers. But look here. We do not sing because we need a warm-up before the sermon. When our song leaders start, you know, amen? But it's also a good warm-up, amen? <laughs> Especially the choir members for the vocals. We don't sing so people have time to get to their seats, amen? So go to church early, amen? amen. Be on time. Alright, so the ushers will not ush- have to usher you to sit on the front when you're late. Amen? We do not sing because we need to be entertained. It's true. I thank God for our musicians here, our young ones. Oh, I'm always blessed whenever they, even if their parents say, Hey, bring your instruments, play to the church. You know, you're doing it first and foremost for Jesus' glory. Because music is a very integral part of worship. Music is the universal language of any spiritual soul. Music can influence you, affect you, impact you. Yeah. If you want to be sad, look at, hear at music that are written by brokenhearted. It seems like my, my kids are listening to those. <laughs> and even trying to learn it in the piano. That's all I hear yesterday. You know? But if you want to be happy, sing songs about like peppy songs, isn't it? Like Southern Gospel songs, you know? Or, uh, what do you call that? Not Barbaric Quartet. It's also sorry. B Quartet. It starts with letter B. Anyways, we do not sing uh, because of those things, but we sing because God is good. We sing because God is worthy. We sing because it is a communal act of unity in which we declare. I love these three things. We declare the glory of God when we sing, the gravity of sin, and the grandeur of grace. Let's look at some verses about that, the glory of God. Next slide, please. Yeah, Psalms 50, verse, 150, verse 6, declare, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath today? It's a good breath, Amen? amen? No matter what your breakfast is, amen? It's a good breath because God gave you breath, life, eternal life. Remember Genesis 1, 26? God said, Let us make man in our own image. And God breathed into the nostrils of a man that he formed out of the dust of the ground, which is Adam. So he had a body, physical body. And God breathed unto him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So our soul can never be compared to the riches of this world. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but loses his his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's why we believe in the sanctity of life. We believe that every human life is sacred because they have a soul that one day will go to some eternal place and either heaven or hell, no in between. That's why we still preach the gospel. We we support missionaries. And if you have breath today, you're able to sing with the song leader, blessed assurance Jesus is, let us breath has breath praise the Lord because when you die you don't have any more breath isn't it you cannot praise God in this realm in this worldly realm but thank God if you're a Christian you're saved. you'll be praising God for all eternity in heaven you'll be singing with the angels with the saints of God okay next all right oh all right what is when we sing we declare the glory of God in our music man Psalms 19 verse 1 and 2 the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night sheweth knowledge. (laughs) That's one of the greatest testimony that God exists, that God created this world out of a design and a purpose. Just look at the heavens! The stars during the past few nights, isn't it? It was clear. The moon, the sun, the galaxies didn't come by chance. There is an almighty, omniscient, all-powerful God that put them all. Actually, it's only one phrase about the stars, and he made the stars also. Hmm. And astronomers are trying to fathom the vastness of the universe. But thank God, we know by faith and through the word of God, the heavens truly declare the glory of God. Next one. Look, not just when we sing, we sing about the glory to God, then the gravity of sin. All right? The gravity of sin. Uh, we sang How Great Thou Art a while ago, isn't it? speaks of the glory of God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And if you will continue that passage of Scripture, First John chapter 2, verse 15. Then we go to verse 17. And sabi the Bible about the gravity of sin here. And the world passeth away. Alright? Not uh, talking here about the planet Earth. Alright? But the riches, the system of the world. The pleasures of the world. The world passeth away and last thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen? Isn't it? It's good to do God's will. And one of God's will is for you to be in church today. To sing praises to Him because of His glory. Because of the gravity of sin. That's why we sing the song, Who is on the Lord's side? We sing the song, The fight is on. We sing the song, There is power in the blood. We sing the song, Jesus paid it all. Because we know that there's the gravity of sin. Yes, there is pleasure in sin for a season. But the Bible says, The end thereof is destruction. Isn't it? We heard also from last... Week sermon, when you compromise, it will bring demise. It's true. It's true. When you compromise, it will bring demise. Then the grandeur of grace. Look at these verses. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and Romans 5, 19, and 21. The grandeur of grace, I love the word grace. It's not just because the second name of my eldest daughter. But grace is so amazing, isn't it? So, because we sing the song Wonderful Grace of Jesus. And we always say, we can only be saved by the grace of God. We can only live the Christian life by the grace of God. We can only serve God by His grace and deserve favor and merited love. The grace of God. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that He always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Remember one of our preachers here during our missions conference preached about the design of God for a believer, for a Christian, is that you will abound. In every good work, God doesn't design you just to sit on those chairs to soak what you heard and be sour. That's what happened. Pickles, isn't it? I bought some last night from Walmart. Great value, GV brand. One of my daughters asked me, Dad, can you buy me some pickles? You need it in a jar? You want it like cat in half or whole? He didn't, she didn't reply. So I just made up my mind. I'll bring uh, a small jar. Pretty good deal. Pickles. All right? Pears. So when it's soaked in water, isn't it? It becomes vinegary. All right? So Christians are not supposed to be like that. A spectator, sitter. Amen? We're not safe to sit, you know, to soak and be sour, but we are safe to serve. Yeah, we are safe to do something for the Lord. And while you're doing it, there should be joy. There should be heartfelt thanks and praise to God because you're able to do it by His grace. It's a privilege to worship God and serve Him. Because there's a lot of people who are worshiping, serving God because they think that they are serving and worshiping God. They are devoted, they are sincere, but they are lost. Because they're not in the truth. And we have the truth and the truth has set us free because of what the Bible teaches. That's why we can serve God in good times and in bad times. Amen? Amen. When there are only few that are serving, we can still move on and serve God because it's God that we serve. Not any man, not any person in this church or anywhere else. It is God that we serve. All right, next one. Romans 5, 19 to 21. Dipa potay na pupunta sa message. But I just want to mention this. For us by one man's sin, for us by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. We study that, isn't it? Federal headship of Adam. Romans 5.12 Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So that death passed upon all men for all have sin. We study that. So by the obedience of one. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Who came into this world to be born in this sinful world. That's incarnation. That's what Christmas is all about. Amen? God with skin. Jesus But for the sole reason, not to be famous, not to be the greatest teacher of all, not just to be the greatest prophet or a good man. He's more than that. He came here to become our Savior. By one shall many be made righteous. Because He is God, He is infinite. So His sacrifice can pay the infinite price of sin of every man at all time. Because that's Jesus that we believe in. That's Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded. Oh, I love this. Grace did much more abound. It's not a license, though, to sin more. So grace will abound more. Amen? Remember when a Christian intentionally, willfully sinned before God? He will be convicted first by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's not just the conscience. It's the Holy Spirit. Hey, you're grieving me. You're quenching my work with you. Then if you'll not listen to that and repent and change your way, God will chastise you. Convict, chastise. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, he corrected the Son in whom he loveth. Because God will not correct or chastise somebody that doesn't belong to him. Same way as children as to parents, isn't it? So take it as a you know, grain of salt, a blessing when God chastises you, it means you're really saved. Amen? There's no chastisement. There's no punishment, judgment for your sin. You keep sinning and sinning. I mean, examine yourself. Probably you're not saved. You're not really belong to God. There's no change. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, isn't it? So, that's what happened. But if you neglect the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the chastisement, then the calling home comes. The premature death of a believer. Did they lose their salvation? No, they did not. So I believe once saved, always saved. There's eternal sin. What did they lose? The rewards. The opportunity to worship, serve God. Premature. And you don't want that to happen in your life. So sometimes you're like, oh, how come so-and-so died? How come so-and-so sick? How come so-and-so having an accident? God knows, isn't it? Is it God chastising them? Because they getting out of His way? They become wayward? They become cold, indifferent? They neglect God and his word. Prayer, serving God, the church. No, It's a personal dealing with God, isn't it? So, hmm, that's another sermon. But it says there, that as sin had reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, I love the book of Romans. Next slide, please. There you go. Now we're in the message. Okay, thank you. Romans, chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're talking about the benefits of justification. Remember last Sunday, I preached about the first one. We have peace with God in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, there is peace with God. And we know there's many kinds of peace in the Bible. Um, We know that also the benefits of justification is not just escaping hell, going to heaven. Yes, that's future, but what about right now? There's also benefits. So first we tackle is the peace with God. And we talk about Israel, what's happening right now there in Gaza. And you know what's happening. If you look at the right source, amen, don't believe everything that mainstream media is putting up. Israel is the bad guy. You know, Palestinians are like, you know, what's real, you know, what's true. Israel land has been eternally given as a covenant to his children, chosen nation since the beginning of Abraham all the way to Joshua. But because of their disobedience, they did not really conquer the whole land. And their are Jews settling in that area, in that land, as time memorial. There have never been even one Jewish person who's not there. But since their dispersion, they were scattered for 2,000 years and then they came back May 14, 1948. Of course, there. you know, I don't, I don't have to dive there, you know, the eschatological part, but, You've heard this in one of our preaching here. So there'll be no real peace until the Prince of Peace comes into this world. And we know that will happen as God promised in his millennial reign. John fourteen twenty seven, peace I live with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have the peace with God because before we were enmity with God. We we're enemies of God, because God's wrath right abided for those that are sinful. And the Bible said God is uh, angry at the wicked every day. Not the person, but the sinful acts, isn't it? Because he's holy, righteous, and just. But thanks be to God, because of Jesus, in our lives, we have now the peace with God and the peace of God that passeth understanding. And then we go to our access. All right. So through justification, we have access to the author of life, salvation, and of the Bible. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 14 to 18. I love this passage of Scripture. Probably after Romans, I'll do a series of study in the book of Ephesians. If you want to be encouraged, you want to be blessed as a child of God, read the book of Ephesians. If you feel like you don't have much in this world, you know what? You're really rich in Christ. (laughs) Spiritually speaking. And also, it can be materially speaking. Amen? Because God just will give what you need. And you have to learn the virtue of contentment. Amen? And not be greedy and covetous. Ephesians 2, 14 and 18. For he is our... What is this, God's people? Peace. For he is our peace, who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall or partition between us. Oh, what is that middle wall or partition? You still remember what world war is that where the Berlin Wall was put down? You know? Oh, I I learned so much about the history of the Jews this week. Look at verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, who is this, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross, even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances for to in himself of twain one human, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, as was sung a while ago, having slain the enmity thereby. When did that enmity start? Genesis 3.15, after the fall of man. And I will put enmity between thee and thy seed. Talking about the serpent and Eve. All right? But Christ's death crushed the head of the serpent on the cross and the power of his resurrection. Glory be to God. Amen for that. And came and preached peace to you, which were afar off. Who is that afar off? Gentiles, us. You know, and then to that were nigh. Jew people, Jewish people who are given the law. For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. Then look, uh, Ephesians three eleven and twelve, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access. I love that word, access, with confidence by the faith of him, isn't it? Remember our movies, access denied. Then they have to look at your eye, your fingerprint, you know, to have the, not just the password, the numbers, but eye, the retina. All right, because is a very special place to go, isn't it? Not everyone can have access. So what is that access? Next slide. Access means entrance to the king to the favor of another. Yes. To illustrate this, this, this cute story of a little boy living in the British Isles, he wanted to see the king of England. So he slipped away from his parents to Buckingham Palace and presented himself at the gate. He had no business there, no credentials, this little boy. He was turned away by the guards. What did they expect? All right. So he went and sat on a curb and put his face in his hands and began to weep. Another older boy walked by and asked why he was crying. He said, I wanted to see the king. The young man said, I can help you. He took him by the hand, walked right past the guards and challenged. In the doors up the stairs, and right to the living quarters. The little boy got to meet the king. He did not buy his way in. He did not perform any great feats or tricks to get the king's attention. The only thing that changed was he was holding the hand of the prince, the king's son. That's how he got access to the king. Aren't you glad Jesus did that for us? We have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have the access and we are given that passage of scripture that we can even come boldly to the throne of grace. Not because of our own merit, but because we have holding in our hands the hands of the King's son. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our royal high priest. And He has given us that opportunity, the priesthood of the believers, that you and I can come boldly to the throne of grace and ask God for His favor. And ask God for His blessing. And ask God that He could intervene for us or others. We can pray for others. That's why we need to have prayer as a vital, important part of our lives. You know why? Because If Jesus did not come and die on the cross, if Jesus did not come and take that veil out of the temple and rip it from top to bottom, that separates the Jews out of the holiest of holies to walk directly to the throne of God. That's why even a Jew cannot pen or name the the name of God, just like ordinarily speaking. They have such high respect to the name of God. His presence is so, you know, uh, a great Even Moses, isn't it, his his face shone when he saw the afterglow of God's presence. You know, when he went down to that Mount of Sinai after receiving the tablets of stone, the commandments, his face was glowing because he had seen an afterglow, a glimpse of the glory of God. Peter, James, and John were so bewildered with excitement when they saw Jesus Christ transfiguring that mount. And they're saying, you know what, we can make. Three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. They were so grateful and thankful. They, they saw a glimpse of the glory of God. And there was Apostle John John in the book of Revelation. He had a glimpse of the recent Savior. We did to see those visions pertaining about the future. And don't you know, we also get glimpses of God in our lives right now when we pray. When we hear and experience and answer prayer. Isn't it? We see glimpses of the glory of God when we go through storms in life, trials in life, when we have hardships in life and there's no other way but to bow our heads in prayer and bow our knees in prayer and ask God to help us. We get glimpses of God and His glory during those times. That's why they said the more you get closer to God, the more you go to deep waters because you made now Prayer, intercession before God, your first resort, not your last impulse. Sometimes we treat God as a genie. We just use God. Oh, I'll I'll go to church. I'll be faithful because I have a prayer request. I want to have this job. I want to pass this test. I want something from God. I want the benefactor to bless me. How about you blessing God first, serving God first, and you're not just in church serving Him because you want something. Because you want to have a consumer mentality. No, God wants you to have a contributor mentality in serving God. Isn't it? That's so what's happening in Christianity today. So much superficial. I'll go to church because of what I kept. God already knows what you need. Just put him first. Honor him. He'll give you what you need. The veil of the temple kept the Jew out. The wall kept the Gentile out. But Ephesians 2 says, Jesus tore down that wall of partition. The veil was torn into two. Please, brother, know the price. Christ paid so we might have access. It was his blood. It was his life. It was his all. I wonder how Jesus must feel when we do not avail ourselves to that access through constant prayer. We're not just having a prayer time but a prayer life. It's a lifestyle. I love the testimonies here. When they pray, sometimes you, you, you see, isn't it? I can relate with you. I pray when, when I'm driving. I only drive with one eye. Okay? I always pray, Lord, protect me, help me. Lord, save me from unreasonable and wicked men. Lord, help my temper. Isn't it? You want to lose your Christianity? Drive in, in the morning in, during rush hour. Isn't it? It will touch your faith. Your Christianity, huh? Somebody cut me off. Oh, he did not put his signal. Those who drive a lot here, isn't it? Only by the grace of God. You pray to God. Oh, You, you saw in your social media, somebody so and so need a prayer for somebody. Somebody's sick. Somebody's going through something. Pray without ceasing. It's a lifestyle. It's an access. It's a privilege. Amen? You can pray right away. You don't have to wait for 7 o'clock in the evening. It's good to have a set up time, isn't it? But you can pray anytime, anywhere. You know what? The Old Testament, they don't have that privilege. They have to go to the priest to get their prayers offered to God, to get those sacrifices offered so they could be accepted to God. So, wow. You know, that's one of the benefits of justification access with God. Thirdly, hope of the glory of God. Hope of the glory of God. This is true. Man can live weeks without food, days without water, but only ours without hope. Ours without hope. oras na ba? ko na po magtapos. We're just getting to the good part. Hope of the glory of God. I'll just say this. Brethren, believers in Christ, we have an endless hope, but sad to say, this world has a hopeless end. If they don't have Jesus, we have an endless hope through Jesus, but this world has a hopeless end. I hope and pray this message has been a blessing to you. We'll continue. That's why it's good that this is a series. Amen? Amen. Let's bow us for prayer. Father God in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And there's so much to say Lord but I know you have spoken and I respect the time we have here in the church we're still looking forward for more learning and teaching all day long from our Sunday school but personally Lord I'm just thankful to you because you're doing something in our church for the past weeks or months <laughs> thank you Lord for your servants whom thou hast used to come here and, and preach and teach and we're so blessed Lord we're so blessed. We have some good men. They're not perfect. They have made faults and blunder like me, but you use us, Lord, as a simple vessel, instrument of your grace. And I don't know what has been said or declared today, but uh, I still have that after effect of last week's message. I'm still regurgitating it in my system internalizing it by god's grace i trying to ask the lord to give me wisdom in the priorities of life having him as preeminent in my life he's been so faithful to me and he's been so faithful to you god's people i know one of our first ministries our family yes we have faith in the lord still growing but we have faith family and friends that we need to reach and in this thanksgiving season i know economy is not that great people are struggling but you know what as christians as members of this church we can still bless god we can still say thank you lord because we still have food in our table we still have shelter above our heads it might not be the nicest place in the world but I'm still thankful grateful I still have clothes in my back still have a little old car to drive new car to drive to church to bring me to work I still have church family I still have good Christian friends I still have a job I'm I'm thankful I'm thankful for my sickness my in my flesh throws me closer to you because I could probably just complain and murmur about it but it's your grace that sustains me so yeah, you can give thanks to God in everything as he said in his word and we hope and pray that our next generation, our children will Not take for granted the blessings of God. It will just drive them to serve Him and know Him more. Lord, we're thankful for the freedom of religion. We came here without the fear of being arrested. And we have missionaries who said in Cambodia or in Vietnam or other places that it's not really free. In the Middle East, we have brethren there the war zone, brethren in China, brethren in Ukraine, can it even get the hands of their children and bring them to church without the fear of stray bullets, the freedom of religion. We're so blessed here in America, even in the Philippines, our home country, we still have that freedom to preach the gospel to go to church sometimes Lord we take that for granted but we're thankful for your grace for your mercy for your compassion to us thank you Lord for the men servants of thee that thou hast sent in this church to preach to us to remind us we don't have to go to their church and be personally be in their ministry to see their heart and by your wisdom and grace, when they preach here, you see what they're longing for. They're longing to see the one that died for them. They love your appearing. They love to serve you. Because they know it's the greatest thing in this world. It's a privilege, actually. As it was mentioned, there's a lot of people who are will call the Lord one of these days, Lord, Lord, how thou we prophesy in thy name. But they will hear that tragic statement depart from me I never knew you we're thankful Lord that you know us you know us by our name you've written our names in the book of life our names were in your mind when you were on the cross thank you Lord that you know us in a special way and by your grace we're still trying to know you and make you known to others. So all in all, Lord, we are saying thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for making us a Christian with a purpose, with the right priorities. Thank you, Lord, for the benefits of the benefactor who bless us with all these many blessings. We have the peace with God. We have access to Thee we have the hope of glory. Lord, that should put a smile in our faces, joy in our hearts, and a motivation to keep on serving you, to keep on living the Christian life by your grace. Lord, use us. Use us, Lord, as your instrument, because we know, Lord, that our lives is only one, only one life, so soon it will pass. And only what's done for Christ will last. So help us, Lord, to be aware of what we can do for your kingdom, for your glory. And may we always give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord, for what you've done, what you'll be be doing, and what you'll be doing for us in the future. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. (laughs)